You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Recording on St. David's Day, believe it or not, Kyle, and I'm really excited. This is probably the best St. David's Day I've ever had. Do you know why? Wheels. Yeah, Wheels, yes. <laughs> a really special guest. We have got a very special guest. Very, very special. Today's guest, um, I had the pleasure of meeting six years ago, 2007 years ago. Um, she is a massive star of screen, stage. She's a recording artist, a well-renowned singer. We have today the lovely Sophie Evans. Well, hello. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. I feel very privileged to be with you both. Well, we're like two little kids. <laughs> I've been working on it all week. <laughs> that, was, like, that was impressive. You just put that on my CV, that whole thing. Thanks. I'll just come around and be your CV. Lovely. Uh, what have you done? So, Hang on a minute. One second. Kyle, can you come in? <laughs> Sophie Evans, star of stage and screen. <laughs> Well, not only are you coming on Tuesday Club for us, it's St. David's Day. It's I know. It's your dad's 50th birthday. Yeah, and his name's David, which, I mean, his mother decided because it was the day of the saint. Makes sense. And he is fantastic. And yeah, we're going to celebrate this evening. He doesn't know he's having a surprise birthday meal. He thinks it's only him and my mother going. So. Oh, sorry, this doesn't come out till Tuesday. I know, so. exactly. So I can talk <laughs> about it now. Yeah. That's fantastic. I hope he has a lovely night. Happy Thank birthday, you. David. Right, uh, what have you been up to this week, Sean? Been up in London? Oh, you know me, busy boy. Uh, I've been in London uh, for three days this week, um, working for Valinda Fundraising, which I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for. As we know, the president is Jonathan Jiffy Davis, mm-hmm. um, which is great to do events for Valinda with John because we've got a good rapport. We get on, we work on the TV. But to go to London with him for two nights, anybody who knows Jiffy, <laughs> he loves a night out. Oh, dear. He loves a swig. Does he? I didn't know that. Oh, he, he loves life, John. He's brilliant. He's great company, but uh, he's insatiable. For a 58-year-old, he's he's 58 going on 19. Wow. <laughs> Did oh. you keep up with him? Of course. <laughs> that was his wingman, wasn't it? In fact, he, he tweeted in the week, didn't he? He said, because uh, he tweeted something about anywhere, anyone know where I can get real good Guinness in London? Of course, he must have had a million tweets. And mm. he's put it, the uh, last thing I see is his last tweet saying, Thanks, everybody, for their um, recommendations on where to go in London. And I just replied, gone, I'm not sure that's a good or a bad thing. And he's gone, just hold on for the right, son. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. And we went to a place off, I'm sure, I'm really positive you would know, in Soho called Archer Street. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I told good. you. Yeah. <laughs> because they're Brilliant. all... Um, performers. Performers. Yeah, so we love to work. You're in this bar. It's like a big front room, isn't it? Lovely Lovely room. Lovely, yeah, lovely room. Bar. And there's nice tape. What do you think of coffee tables? And there's great music, good range. Me being an oldie, there's mm. good 80s stuff and this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, somebody steps up on the table and starts singing with a mic. And you think, who's this clown? Yeah. And then you realise, oh my God, they can sing. It's the bartender <laughs> just yeah. giving us a bit of Elvis or Queen. Unbelievable. Or yeah, I know some, some people I know are my friends that work there. And it's a really fun place to be employed. And it keeps you in the mix of the performers, even when you're not in a show or, yeah. you know doing concerts and things so it's a really good place yeah so much fun oh it was 68 quid around mine Kyle. yeah was it <laughs> well, I'll stay home I will that was good but it was great we raised a lot of money for Valindra uh, Tom Shanklin was up there Andy Booth former scrum half Rob Jones uh, and a load of Welsh people because it was Wales in London week Lovely. so oh, yeah. uh, we raised a, a lot of money it was, it was good but sure. Friday was a shocker because all the trains were cancelled because of the floods oh yeah we're more weather more oh, weather I know can't get away from it 
I'm getting fed up this way, I don't know. Okay. Not only because Sean passed his illness on to me, I apologise in advance if I'm I pass it on so to you. I'm so far away from Kyle, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm in the other room. But <laughs> got a mask on. It's been, it's been three weeks, three weekends now of three storms in a row. And, you know, we do keep the podcast quite light, but you just, your heart goes out to it. You've seen all on, on the social media, yeah, all the, the towns and oh. the, the rugby not clubs as well. Not far from here, actually. And the, yeah, the rugby clubs, not far from here, has been absolutely battered. It's yeah. terrible. It's horrible. So what are you doing at the moment? At the moment, randomly, just concert gigging. Um, I was up in Birmingham yesterday for a, concert, a night on Broadway concert. I'm doing Love at the Musicals in London next week. Um, but I'm also doing up a house that I've just bought, so I'm kind of singing and being DIY girl at the same time, which is fun. There yeah. we are. Yeah, but First concerts house? all over. Yeah, my well, yeah. Long story short, I did have a house before, but uh, that went a bit Pete Tong. Uh, this <laughs> one, yes, is is my only house that I have at the moment that I'm doing up, and it's really fun. Yeah. I didn't realize how much of a grafter I actually am. I oh. thought I was really lazy. But can, <laughs> can we look forward to seeing you on Homes Under the Hammer? I wouldn't. Like, put your bets on now that I'll be the next <laughs> presenter for Homes Under the Hammer. Oh, DIY SOS. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, what was that one that um, Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen used to do? Oh, yes. Oh. Ro- yes. Ro- room, changing rooms. Changing, changing rooms. I used to yeah, love rooms. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bring that back. He didn't um, get his hands dirty, old Lawrence. No, no. no. <laughs> in, his, in his tux, looking at the houses. Yeah, no, I'm down there, covered in paint. And just, yeah, going for it. Do right. you, do well, you know, it's lovely to have you here today, Soph. Do you know yeah. when I first met Sophie? Go on. She won't remember. I'll just, oh, I'll just on, cut I that bit, shall I? I was on uh, Ryan Jones's testimonial committee and his final event was on the stage at the Wales yeah. Millennium Centre, on the stage, sort of looking out at all the stalls and, and whatever. Stunning. And Sophie performed and they sat did like next to dinner, me. They did it like a dinner, And she don't remember. I sat next to you, did I? <laughs> yeah. I, I was My mother was there I, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was that interesting. Your no. mum remembered him. Yeah, no, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she did when we came in the door. She was like, oh, nice to see you again, Sean. Oh, see, yeah. She's the one. She keeps the memories. She just reminds me. I, mean, I, can't, I can't believe when she popped her head through the door there how much you look like each other. Oh, I know we are. When, obviously, yeah, when we met, when we did Pride, I remember you saying, oh, you showed a picture of us when your yeah. mum was your age. Yeah. And it was like mad. It was like just like looking at Sophie, but 20 years ago. Yeah, so I was playing a, a mining bar bar. Local barmaid. Local barmaid, yeah, I couldn't think of the word then. And I had this, per- they made like a fake fringe perm, made my hair look like I had a perm. And then I found a picture. My mother used to work in the workman's club that my grandparents owned. Same job. And it was uncanny. It was strange, really strange. It was strange. Who, who can sing then, mum or dad? Mother. Oh, mother there can, you go. Yeah. She is, oh, I'd love to get her. I'm looking at her through the door. I'd love to get her in to sing. But <laughs> she used to do it a lot more. We've done duets together and things, but she's a bit shyer than I am. Oh, Lush. Now, I took my kids a while ago before you were in it, but to see Wicked. Oh, before I was there. I, yeah, I'm a lot older than you, so. Oh, that's <laughs> a shame. Did they like it? Oh, they absolutely. My little daughter, she wasn't quite old enough, but she loved it. My two boys and my wife, obviously. Mm. It's a brilliant it show. Was, it was the first. It was brilliant. First show I ever saw in the West End. Was it? Yeah, I saw the first show in on Saturday. That I'll never forget it. Me and Scott Arthur. Do you know Scott? Oh, I do, yeah. We went, my parents took me and him to London and we watched it on the 25th of September 2005 and it was Idina Menzel's first <gasps> ever show in London. And they just there by fluke? Well, they bought me tickets. They bought us tickets. But the they, pr- did they realise? They didn't realise. They uh. just wanted to take me to the first show in. You witnessed history. And the, um, so that, that was in September, but the Christmas before, they just come back from New York and brought me 
an iPod when they were like, you know, not as fancy as they are now, and the Wicked soundtrack. So I loaded it up and like, you know, I know every every single word to every song. It's a fantastic show. It is a brilliant. It's a brilliant show. It. it is my favorite, and I. You know, people say, oh, what show would you like to be in now? You know, the next big one. And nothing will ever, in my opinion, top that show for me. So everything else is just a bonus because I feel like I've done the one show that I really wanted to do. I've seen as well that you met Kristen Chenoweth. I did, the original Glinda. So she's, she's, she's for people who don't know, she's an incredible singer, actress. Um, she's done lots of t- American TV shows yeah, as well, hasn't she? Yeah, if you've, there's a film Deck the Halls with... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Short... <laughs> oh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, yeah. And she's his wife is like blonde, you know, tiny, she is the tiniest woman I've ever met. I was, she shook my hand, or she hugged me and I like, held my hand and I was like, like a child's hand. She's tiny, <laughs> tiny. Yeah. You did she's so many shows, right? Did, yeah. did, did you ever... Not that you were feeling unwell or tired. Did you, you ever thought, oh, no, I've got to go and do it again? Um, Not so much that. It's just you wished you didn't feel as tired as you did. Because you, for me, the whole thing was I always wanted to give the audience the best experience and make it feel like it's the first time we are doing it as a cast for you. You're the special audience, even though we do it every day. Make it feel like it's the first time we've ever done it. And sometimes on a Saturday matinee, no, when you've got an evening show, you've already done six in the week. This is the last push. You'd be like, oh, right. I'd get Pro Plus out. Ibuprofen, because my back was in half, and people take ibuprofen for your voice, which you shouldn't really. Because you had to go up on the... You had to fly and everything, didn't you? The bubble, yeah. Did that so, hurt? No, but the costumes were extremely heavy. Right. And it, for people who haven't seen the show, my dresses were big, mm. loads of diamantes and sequins, so really heavy. And I had like a harness on underneath because I had to fly. And just the way it sat on my body, I really did struggle with my back. I had to have physio twice a week. And as I say, take ibuprofen on a double show day to just get through, which, you know, you think, oh, come on, just body, just get through it. And so that was the annoying part. It wasn't you. You didn't think, oh, I don't want to do it today. It was your body saying, it's tough. Chatted. It is tough, though, because you see, you know, musical theatre in the West End or in Broadway, they are the, sh- the shows, they're like nine, nine shows a week. Mm. And there's some of the physical, you The know, dancers. It's incredible. And sometimes, like at Christmas and things, they'll put on extra shows. Some shows put 12 shows on. And there's just no recovery time. Can you imagine needing to be at the top of your game 12 times a week? Not to mention when you get called onto TV to do a special yeah, TV exactly, in the morning, like then go and do thing, a matinee, yeah. then do an evening performance. Because I always used to compare it to, to like the rugby boys. And, you know, you have to obviously be good in training, but you only have to perform, in theory, once a week. And then yep. you get a week to kind of recover, only do how much you think your body can take. Yeah, push yourself in training if you want. But for the dancers... They have to do it every day. They're icing their legs. You know, they're actually standing like buckets of ice after the show and, you know, having physio as much as they can and just have to drain in their legs, like sitting with their legs up throughout the show to make sure the blood is flowing through their bodies. You know, it that is. They it's are like fit, they're though, athletes. Aren't they? they are. They are athletes. Like, People yeah. don't see that side of it, though. See? So if you were going to a West End show, just re- you remember those yeah. poor old dancers Stand and performers. What I want to <laughs> yeah. ask you is. Yeah. Obviously, we've just touched on there. You do so many performances. <laughs> I've done a couple of plays in the West End, but for me, I've I've done musicals just do a, a play. Yeah. And I'm a very impatient ADHD. Some people <laughs> say I've got. Um, 
And I can remember my on my debut in the West End, we did a play there. We were doing like I think at the end of it, we did like seventy odd shows or seventy. What was that? What was that? It was uh, Land of My Fathers. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was yeah. about where uh, six miners who got stuck oh, down a mine, yes. and there was a new apprentice, and it was his first day, but he only went there because one of the miners was his dad. The dad didn't know, and he wanted to get to know his dad. But anyway. Oh, that's a nice so story. It, it was a nice story. It was great, but I just remember as soon as press night was over. I after the first week I just got bored so I would always like me and a couple of the other members of the cast we would have little jokes on whilst oh, yeah. we were on the stage so I want to know hmm. some inside stories <laughs> about <laughs> you and some of your cast members of when you were on stage even though you were giving yeah. performance to mm. the special people who come every night <laughs> but there's got to be some stories there that when you're on stage yeah. something funny happened that only you knew about yeah I mean when the focus wasn't on you which for me and the girl, the lady who played Elphaba, I mean, majority of the time you are the focus. You did find moments where you could mess around a little bit. <laughs> there were games going on on stage and you know, a wink murder and things, and no one would ever know that. Do you that know was what happening. wink murder is? Well, yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, that would happen. And then there's this tradition in the West End. I don't know if you did it with your play, but on the last midweek, no, the last matinee of your cast, because after the cast change every year, you can stay or you leave. But the people that are leaving, it's like everyone turns a blind eye. Producers, directors turn a blind eye because they know this happens. You mess around. It's called muck up matinee. So on our last show, I mean, people came on. So there's this rat character in one of the first scenes. And if you don't know what a swing is, it's the people off stage that cover every single person in the ensemble. So if someone goes off, they go on. So they know every single person's wow. track in the show. And all the swings were off. So they all came on in rat costumes. We had like seven rats on stage. And for like the audience, they wouldn't notice. But for everyone on stage, we were like crying laughing. I um, opened a mirror and someone had put like a really disgusting picture of themselves in the mirror. So only I could see it facing the audience. And obviously I'm like trying to hold it together. People would just like say different things, say their lines slightly different. Have you ever seen the video of a woman on Coronation Street? It's like a compilation of her going, huh? At the end of every sentence, she goes like, how are you today, eh? Every time. <laughs> and one of the boys in the show did, Glinda, how dead is she, huh? <laughs> Just to me. And I was like, oh. No one in the audience would find that funny. There was yeah. another one in Emerald City where they hand you, as you've seen it, they hand you like green glasses. When me and Alphabet turn up in Emerald City, they give you these green glasses. And the guy who gives me the glasses decided to switch them out for the black rim glasses with a big nose. And <laughs> on That's it. good. And he looked at me and I went, right, okay, put it on. And I'm on stage now with this like crazy face mask <laughs> thing on. And she's the lead. Like. I'm the lead. But I was like, okay, I am lead. People are going to notice this. Yeah, they did. And the 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 fans, I was going to say, the, the crazy fans, but they, as in like the constant fans who come and know everything about the show, the like super, super fans. They document everything that happens, so we can't get away with it because the next day they'll go, oh, at the muck-up matinee, this happened, Sophie said this line different, or she sang a higher note, you know, because Alice, who was Elfa, did all these crazy riffs on the last show, sang, you know, extremely high notes that are not really <laughs> meant to be sung in the show, so they document it all. This so there are yeah, fanatical. front row. You really? Rec yeah, you learn to recognise it. Good gracious. Yeah. They come a lot more. Yeah, some people come once a week, twice a week. Every week. I don't know how they afford it. 
It's like going to watch Wales. It I know, it thing. is. I know. <laughs> so obviously, so if we've got lots of listeners in Wales who probably already know who you are, um, but we also got lots of listeners in America and Australia. Oh, cool. Um, so just for those people who may not know who you are, how did you start? Because obviously in the TV, you were mm-hmm. on Dorothy. Yes. Which was, was that sort of your start yeah, when everything so I, took off? Yeah, I've always loved singing and performing and, you know, school plays. And I was with a local theatre group and um, we used to do shows in the parking day in Triochi and I was such an amazing time um and then my mother heard on elaine page on sunday on the radio about these auditions andrew lloyd Webber was holding for dorothy and the wizard of oz and we'd watched his other programs how to solve a problem like maria the joseph one um and i was 16 at the time and we said let's just go go to the audition it was in the millennium stadium there's about in total there was ten thousand girls auditioned oh. um and I went, sung, can't, can't, I think I might have sung Popular, actually, from Wicked, which is quite quite funny. Um, I just kept going through, going through, got to the live shows. And yeah, from there, my life was turned upside down. BBC Saturday night for 13 weeks, live to millions of people. And then was given the part of alternate Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. And then when that finished, Andrew offered me the full-time role as the leading lady at 17. One thing I read as well, which I thought was quite cool, was obviously at the start you had to wear Dorothy wig. I did. And then at some point, I think it was Andrew Lloyd Webber that came in and said, actually, Sophie, your hair is gorgeous. I love the colour of it. Mm -hmm. Well, let's have your natural hair. Yeah, I don't know what happened because, I mean, he has the final say on everything. Something was lost in translation because this wig was made. It was like a dark brown colour, the exact same colour hair as Danielle Hope who won the show. So it was like they were kind of trying to blend us into one person. Um, gorgeous wig. I remember thinking, oh, this is so cool. I've got a wig and I look completely different. Did the first show with Andrew there. Afterwards, he comes running behind stage. Why? Where's Sophie's hair? Why can't we see her red hair? And they were like, oh, well, you know, we were told to make this wig. And, you know, he was really annoyed. So, yeah, off came the wig and I don't know where I went. And my hair was used from then on. So what was yeah. he like? Is he a fearsome character or is he no, just as you see not. him? Yeah, I mean, people are a bit fearsome of him, but only because of the power he's perceived to have and obviously he does have. He's got some fantastic shows in the West End and people want to work for him and I understand where that comes from. But for me personally, I found him very endearing and friendly and really nurturing. He paid for me to go to college, which was... What? Yeah, so when, when I finished the show... I think we finished in May and then I got told, oh, you're going to be alternate Dorothy, which started in December. But before that, we'd love to put you through a drama school in London called Arts Ed for three months, intense training. And that, just, just for anyone who doesn't know, Arts Ed is the it's top the, it's the musical theatre yeah, school fantastic. in the UK. Um, just because I just left school doing my GCSEs, so I had no, no training whatsoever. I'd never danced, ever. Never had any acting You're, you're Welsh, though. You don't need training. Well, dancing, I think, you know, you can't just say, oh, yeah, I used to dance in Oceana on a night out. <laughs> you need... Well, yeah. I, know I was never there, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. so <laughs> I needed a bit of help. And I went there for three months and yet he funded that and he even gave me a little, wait, like, pocket money throughout the week so I could live in London, so... That's incredible. That's fantastic. I, that's, like a fair, that's like something you only see in a film. That's fantastic. Yeah, fair honestly, play. Well done, back, Andrew Lloyd Webber. He rang my mother and, t- you know, it was, he used to send Christmas cards. And I mean, I haven't seen him for a couple of years because Over the Rainbow was 10 years ago this year. So, I mean, it's been a, a lifetime, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he was really friendly. I've been to his house with his family. He's really family orientated. And I, I love how quite, he's quite a basic person. You know, his house is, well, yeah. it's like, think Downton Abbey. 
Has he got That's a piano in every room? Oh, he's got... Oh, see, I'd love, love that. I'd That's love that. It was crazy. huge. Like a man... Like, he had 10 miles of land around his house. That's what... Like, it is... You can't even fathom it. But we went there, and he still wears Tesco jeans. <laughs> it's like you, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tesco jeans. But he even, you know, lives in a mansion, but still buys his clothes from Tesco. Wow. You know. You've That's kicked on from there massively, because yeah. you're singing... Like I follow you on social media, you you put your singing on there. It's I fantastic. Do, yeah. But albums now. I know, yeah. Come on, tell us all about that. Yeah, so I did. I did my first album when I was twenty-one with um, people of Wales who performed. Would know Mr. John Quirk. Do you know John? Kyle? Quirky, uh, West Glamorgan New Theatre. That John Quirk. Swansea, where he's from. I so think so. I think yeah. it's the same bloke. Yeah. John, he's fab. He helped me out with my album, my first one when I was twenty-one. That did really well. It was a lovely little. First album, but I've just done a recent one called Icons. It's a brilliant album. Oh, thank you. I, I think I messaged you, didn't I, about maybe four or five months you're, ago? You're a great support, Kylie, as you probably did. You, can, you, can, we, can we insert a little bit of that? Or it'll be copyright, one. Oh, you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> We've had it from so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's going well? Yeah, really well. So I said I did it all myself, so I didn't have people saying, you know, oh, who's the record label? I didn't go down that route. I just said to my agent, I'm going to do an album. I'd love to have a tour off the back of it. So they sorted out a couple of dates to promote it and push it and call it like an album launch. Um, yeah, so I just did it up in London. So people buy them from me on my Instagram. So I'm really like proactive. So we can put it media. in there. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, um, I tell you what we'll do now, right? Because you're going to find this, Kyle. Well, we don't need to because we'll get it from Sophie's yeah. Instagram. Yeah, can you just sing it for us now? <laughs> no. no, we can't do that. We can't <laughs> afford it. Have no, you got a guitar? I, I can no play shallow because that's on the album. <laughs> hey, we'll have to do an extra snippet. You play, I'll sing, and you can put that as an extra bonus feature. Yeah, well, right now, let's put a little bit of Sophie in. I'll listen to this. Good was that songbird? <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, guys. I remember when I when I first seen Sophie uh, advertising the album, I listened to it. As soon as I saw the track list, straight on it, because I'm a massive Fleetwood Mac fan, mm. and I listened to it, and I just thought that's it's the second best version of you other than Chrissy McVie's. And I text Sophie saying uh, that was phenomenal, because ah. she is phenomenal. So she's phenomenal. Thanks. That's why she sang. You can come again. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, with the coffee yeah. as well. Do you want to have a coffee, coffee now? Coffee now. <laughs> yeah, we're getting my mother out. She's and she is awesome now. because she sang the national anthem mm. for both football and rugby. How good was that? Glad. And incredible. It's a dream. It was a dream. I've said since I was, I've been a rugby fan since I was about 10. I think about 10, 11 was when, you know, I really started enjoying and understanding rugby, watching it with my dad and my nan, who was a huge Wales supporter. Um, so when I got asked to do the rugby, the the semi final of the World Cup, the not the one just gone, not the one before, the one before that, two thousand eleven, um, yeah, yeah, when we did very well, and that's how you know the the red card, and it was crazy, and it was in the stadium, they did a big screening, sixty thousand people there, and yeah, I sang the anthem. That's a statement in itself, how well you've been doing, because you said 
10 years ago was Dorothy, yeah. and that's what kicked everything off for mm, you. And yeah. then if that's eight years ago, so only two years later, you've been asked to sing the national anthem for yeah. your country in the Rugby World Cup. That's massive. I know. Yeah. Like, that's a dream for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. And I, did, I didn't take it for granted at all. I, you know, could see the 60,000 people who were, you know, just waiting for this game to start, and we were all there together, all Welsh, and I am so patriotic. Such a home bird. So it was awesome, because... Uh, I was living in London at the time, so I got to come home and do that. And then I went on to sing. I was kind of the singer for a while for the uh, Football Association of Wales and did the uh, qualifiers for the Euros, did Croatia, Wales, Croatia, Wales, Belgium, um, Wales, oh, was one or two others. I can't remember exactly who they were, but that was incredible because I always think oh, rugby supporters are the best. You the know? atmosphere the of most football is, is electric. It was unbelievable. It? Yeah. The, Some of the best the times of you singing the anthem. Was, yeah, it was. was. Videos of the of the Euros. I've got I've got the the football the the video. Someone was filming on the day, and it is it is epic. I remember sitting and every time we watched it because a lot of my mates, there's only two of us out of like sixteen that are rugby fans. Oh. All the rest are big football fans. I remember every time you you come on so much singing anthem, and I'd be like, I know I worked with her. And everyone would be like, oh, really? Yeah, good. And then next time, I'd be like, oh, I know I worked with her. Yeah, we, <laughs> and last time, I was like, yeah, we know you worked with her. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, it's just, you, you were singing the anthem. So we were there in the stadium. No, I mean, watching on telly. On telly, yeah. So obviously, you, you know, you, yeah. they filmed the anthems today on the, on mm. the TV. Well, we can't, you know, the link to rugby is obviously there. Yeah, Big it rugby is. fan. We've got to mention him. Yeah. How's he doing, bless he's, him? Do you know what? He's doing really well, considering he's been out for 15, going into the 16th long? month. Yeah, it was November, yeah. not November 2018. Ugh, honestly. I know a lot of people are watching that game, and I'm not biased. I try not to be biased, and he was playing oh. probably the best I've ever seen him play. And I mean, I've we've been together a long time. I've seen him playing games and I've got game five games. I'm, you know, we're brutal with each other. He tells me if I miss a note and I tell him if he misses a tackle. So, you know, we're pretty, because he <laughs> loves music. Honest. Yeah, we're honest. He loves music and theatre and performing and stuff. So we work well together. But yeah, he's doing really well. It's obviously extremely infuriating and tedious, but he's so switched on and so determined, hardworking. You know, he's still, he's in training all the time, doing the rehab. Because he basically needed to learn to walk properly again. You know, the videos, I'm assuming once he's back playing, he'll do a little bit of a, a montage, even for himself to look at. Where he came from to where he is now is incredible. It's a long time, isn't it, you know, to be out because the game moves quite quickly. And I mm. bet he's... Oh, it does, yeah. I bet he's itching now because the new mm. regime, yes, he's broken in mm. the Warren Gatland. And you're right, it was playing fantastically well in a position, by the way, that... Wales is blessed with talent and he's pushed himself right to the top. Yeah. And then bang, you know. So it's a long road, but surely it's going to be worth it. And he must be itching now with Wayne Pivak taking mm. over to get back in the fold. He is, yeah. He's, but even before that, he's just itching to get back to the Blues. He's real. He's such a big champion of all the boys down there. And he just feels like he's out of the loop and wants to be back, you know, getting stuck in with them. And it's more that kind of just feels like he's helpless and mm. can't. Because, you know, they've had good good game bagging. You know, the season's a bit up and hot and cold at the minute for them. And he just feels helpless and wants to be there supporting them. But I know he's still keeping, what would you call it, like a, a role where he talks to the boys. You know, he's got a good connection with a lot of the boys who are playing seven, back row, six, eight, whatever. Um, and he'll ask them to analyse their game for him. And so he's really sticking in there with everybody. So that's good. Because it, it would be so easy to just close your doors and be like, I'll come back to you when I'm better, but he's he's in the mix still. So when you're at home together, yeah, 
what sort of stuff do you watch on TV or films? You <laughs> oh know, my God. What, what would be your mutual sort of, or are you poles apart? No, we, we, well, in some aspects, we quite, we're yin and yang, but uh, TV ways, we, uh, we can binge like no one else. <laughs> it's bad. Like, we'll look at each other and be like, we've been sat here for like five hours. <laughs> we need to do something. Um, we love dr- TV dramas, like crime ones. I lo- I personally love the real life crime documentaries like Making a Murderer and um, I've literally watched everyone, I reckon. There's, I'm asking people constantly, what's your recommendations? Watch it. Ted Bundy? Watch, watched it. Oh, it's brilliant. Fantastic. I'm Gabriel obsessed. Fernandez? I don't want to watch that one. I said to Sean that we were talking about I don't know it. if I could watch it. I don't like that sort of no. uh, story, but I have to say it is very well made. It's very sensitive to yeah. the situation um, mm. that happened to the, the young boy. lad. But for somebody who loves true crime, it is a very yeah, good Yeah, I know. That's the thing. If a documentary put together well, like I've got a little niece and nephew and I just don't know if I can... Oh, my nephew Riley's Same oh, age. Exactly I, same I age. I can't. It's, it's horrendous. But I watched... Um, I won't swear, but the Don't F with Cats one. Have oh you seen that? God. Have you seen that? No. That is That's uh, Oh, my God. Hang on now. Remind me what's it, what's His it name is Luca Magnosa. Yes. That's yes. It. Yes. He thought and he was he a just, model. And, and he I just wants to be famous. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And we are doing exactly right now what he wants. He wants to be famous. He wants to be talked about. And I can't help it. I have to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, but if him. we didn't, we wouldn't have a podcast. He's, he's an enigma. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I just found it so fascinating. So I watch a lot of stuff like that. But I do love garbage telly as well i used to be a massive love island fan i actually didn't watch it this year but um i get obsessed with stuff like that so i didn't watch it knowing that i've saved myself an hour of my life <laughs> every day that i could be using more productively so yeah at the moment it's, it's dramas crime and i listen to serial killer podcasts I'm but obviously obsessed. that extra hour that you've got you've been listening to tuesday club podcast exactly so yeah my week sorted i've got no free time <laughs> um no, that's great. Obviously, we do talk about TV and film. You have been in some film and TV yourself. I have, yes. One with you, what, yes, Kyle, one with where us. we met. I think it was 2013, 2013, right? yeah. Welsh story, beautiful story. Was Couldn't beautiful believe it was story. true. We met, do you remember we met some of the actual real-life people? I do. The um, who's, the, who's the one we met who became, on, who became uh, an MP? Oh, yeah. Um, um, Jess Gunn played Yeah, her. she did. Oh, what was her name? Uh, Anyway, she was absolutely mental. Remember, she turned up in the um, electric ballroom in yeah. Camden. Yeah. And she was just like all over. Well, she wasn't all over us, really, because, mm. like, I, well, still a nobody. But anyway, oh, nobody knew who I was. But you could see, and she was she was absolutely mental. She's from yeah. Swansea. She's Swansea MP, Swansea, isn't she? Yeah, she was. Yeah, I think still, she still is. She yeah, still is the MP. I think she? so. Maybe not. I don't I'm yeah. Not politics and But TV. we met Dominic West's real life character the second person in the UK to be diagnosed with HIV yes because yeah. it was the name number the people mm. so the first person to have HIV was number one case number one this guy was number two wow. until they became a bit of an epidemic and everyone had it so that I think they stopped the number thing then but um, he was still alive what, he? Were, what were you for me right that was like a sort of breakthrough uh, job for me because I'd done an episode of this an episode of that and like you don't really get to know people on that because you're in you're out the main cast don't really get to know you because they've got so much other stuff to yeah. do. But for me, that was a job. And obviously, we all came in as an ensemble. Remember the first day of rehearsals in Fulham? Yeah. And we were all there rehearsing like this big bar scene. And I remember thinking the first day of filming, my first scene was with Dominic West and I was absolutely bricking it. Yeah. And I don't know how. I think one of the makeup girls had told him. But I was in my trailer and I had a rap on the door and I opened the door and Dominic West's there. 
And I said, uh, hiya. He was like, hi, Kyle, can I come in? I was like, yeah, yeah, come in. He just sat really down. good impression. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you, you, should be, you should be an actor. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll try it once to see how this podcast thing goes first. Um, and he just came in, right? And I was so nervous. He just sat on my couch, put his feet up on the table. And obviously, we were very blessed to have trailers then. We didn't deserve trailers. Well, I especially didn't deserve a trailer. But I had one part of a three-way, which is, you know, a lot of, you know, rep main actors get that. One part of a three-way. He come in, he put his feet up, and he was just like, so I feel you're nervous about the scene. And I was just like, oh, that's it. Yeah, I just ruined the impression there, haven't I? <laughs> no, it's good, it's good. Um, and he just taught me down, like, and then we went over to the, I think we were in Banwen, weren't we? But it was Banwen, Pausiner's Onfloin um, Rugby Club. And um, and the scene went great, and it was about, I actually had to ask Dominic West to teach me how to dance so I could impress Sophie. Yeah, it was. That was it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's... What was your character's name? Debbie. 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 Yeah, Debbie. Debs. And I got to have a full-on dance scene with Dominic West, which is unbelievable. Oh, I thought he was going to say me then. I mean, and you, yeah. I had, to, I had a little run the two-step with Kyle in the corner. So. In somebody's living room. Yeah. It was. The, you haven't dismissed TV or movie. No. I mean, my agents up in London, they, whatever comes in for me, audition-wise, I'll go for it. But TV and film is a lot harder to break into, I would say. Once you're in, I think you're in, but... I the other film I did was The World's End with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. That was just before Pride, just wasn't before, it? Before, yeah. So that's two major yeah. films back to back, mind. Yeah, and that was I was that was quite full on role. I have like a body cast made because the films are quite extreme yeah. and kooky. Um, and I got punched in the stomach by Nick Frost because I this is so random. Swallowed his wedding ring in a different scene. So I was this like weird robot alien thing. Um, schoolgirl, but as a schoolgirl. Yeah, and uh, he punched me in the stomach to get it back. So they made this like fake stomach with all this like weird gutsy stuff in it. Um, and it was just nuts. We had night shoots from like one o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the morning, freezing cold. As soon as the cameras come off, people are running in towards you with blanket heaters. And, and they are two legends. Mm. I'm a massive Simon Pegg fan. Did you know that Nick Frost is Welsh? Well, I do, only because he told me. And he's right. a massive Welsh fan. I didn't know. I, I only knew because I follow him on... Because yeah. for me, being a big bloke with a beard, he's like the dream for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's yeah. goals. <laughs> but I follow him on his Instagram and he's you know, he's been trying to do the weight loss thing as well and he's smashing it in fairness to him. But he posted a picture of himself in, in the new Wales jersey. And Wales. Wales. I've already had one though, so I beat you this week. <laughs> Uh, so I wrote, you know, somebody that big, you, you know, and I mean in the stature of his career, you, you don't, you write stuff on their Instagram because even, you know, I've worked with some big people. I still fanboy over people. Oh, yeah. So I've wrote to him. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that you've got a Welsh jersey on. And he wrote back. He was like, yes, because I'm Welsh. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he wrote yeah. back, but I'm actually a bit gutted now because I didn't know that about him. And I'm like, you know, I, I love him. I think this is dad is Welsh. Oh, actually, no, I th- pretty sure his son's got a Welsh name as well. His mum, I think it is. Is it his mother? Yeah. I'm sure his little boy's name is... Dylan. Welsh. I'm sure it is. Llewellyn. It'll be on the internet <laughs> somewhere. But um, they were awesome men. And when I did my first album, it was around the same time of as The World's End. And I did like a launch again. And I remember Simon Pegg asked... He was really... There was a couple of youngsters and he was really chatty and like made you feel like he actually wanted to know about your lives he didn't you know just go off into his trailer he was around being really nice 
And I said, oh, I've just done an album. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, I said, yeah, I got a gig now in two nights or whatever in the Pheasantry, which is this lovely, like, jazzy bar in London. And he said, oh, I'll come. I was like, yeah, all yeah, right. right. <laughs> all right, Simon Pegg, you'll come. And he was, like, just, like, doing Star Trek and, like, really, oh, like, mass. he's massive. Um, and he came on his own, sat with my family, and watched my gig. Like... Good I like job. him. Yeah. Like didn't him. have to do that, did no, he? No, he doesn't, no. And he did. He just took time out of his extremely busy life, because you're a little girl as well, and just came and supported, wow, supported cool me. Is that? You get a lot, though, so you do get a lot of idiots in our industry, yeah. don't you? Same as you get a lot of idiots in rugby or in any other industry, but you do get those people as well out there that really do take an interest in people's lives and yeah. want to help. What mm. I found is the... The more successful and just naturally good at what they do they are, the nicer they are. Mm. If it's someone who's kind of on their way up, not quite sure how successful they're going to be, not actually that good at what they do, but have just fluked their way in somehow, they are the ones that are a little bit spiky. No names, though. No names. <laughs> no names. No. Same in rugby, I think. Yeah, yeah. Same in rugby. The ones yeah. that are just, you know, good at it and work hard, that yeah. they're fine. It's the ones that yeah. get in the side door. That's that's what a lot of people say to me about Dan Bigger. My boy, they ask me about Dan Bigger. He's one of those just worked hard, come through, you know, deserves all the accolades he gets. He's injured. Well, on that note, we are going to come back in a sec and talk a little bit of rugby. This is Sophie Evans, and you were listening to the Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. So yeah, Sean, you just mentioned that Bigger went off injured 20 minutes on the weekend. Yeah. I wasn't watching it. I was following it on an app, as I do. I've been a, been a rugby <laughs> nerd. And I texted you, I said, Biggs has gone off injury, uh, injured. And you've gone, how do you know that? It's not even on telly. I said, mm. Yeah, and Donny yeah. said back, Donny said back, six, ma- six major trophies, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the know. Yes. I said, well, no, really? Oh, I've got an app. No, it's just <laughs> ultimate, ultimate rugby app, that's all. Yeah, off the injury. doesn't look good. And we're short of tens in a minute. So, um, but there we are. Thunderbolts, we used to call them in coaching because just when you're ready for a big game or you've got a player playing the top of his game, something will happen and you've just got to have a contingency. And Wales don't have many contingencies left at outside half. Something I asked you is um, a, a, lot, a lot of times you see a player going back, being released to their club in between the Six Nations off week and maybe that player will have a little niggle and think, all right, I've got to come off because I know I've got a big game this weekend for my country. Do you reckon there's anything to no. do with that? He, he's not playing for the Green Stars, mate. He's, <laughs> this, this is damn bigger, you know. This, mm. this is a guy who would have gone back, like Stuart Hogg the week before for Exeter Chiefs, yep. you know, got his try, got a win in Gloucester. Daniel would have gone there because Northampton are pushing for a top four spot and he would have 100% wanted to have beaten Saracens, been on that field right at the end. And it's just an innocuous, he's gone up for a high ball, so I've had a look at it now, and he's come down awkward and uh, twisted his knee. So, so you don't think it looks good then? Touch the wood. Oh, well, it didn't look oh good. He, players like Dan don't come off airless. They don't come off like that unless... Something's gone. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. you say they would, he would go and play for, for, for Northampton the same as he would for Wales. I think that's what makes the exceptional players that yeah. play in the moment and don't just go off because oh, I'm playing for Wales on the weekend. Yeah. For me, that is, as much as it's rubbish for Wales now, he's championed by yeah. his coaches because he's put his body on the line, as they say. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's not it's not the same, but it'd be like Sophie doing Wicked on a Saturday night in mm. London on the West End, and then she's got a gig in Cardiff. 
you know, sing, <laughs> yeah, to me, sing honestly, a couple of songs. All... And, do you know what? I'm a bit croaky. I don't, I don't fancy that. No, exactly. it, it don't work like that. Yeah, sort of, but the it? difference is for me is I, Wicked used to be quite um, regimental in, you know, you do eight shows a week. You're allowed to do extra stuff, but you have to be able to then commit to us because obviously mm. they were my priority. So for me, I used to try not to take on any other work because unless I can commit fully, mm. If I had to then cancel something, like a cha- I used to try and do as many charity things as I can. But by committing, if something comes up and I have to pull out, that's yeah. even worse. So I would just say, look, yeah. contact me nearer the time. Just Archer Street. Just Archer Street. <laughs> just Archer Street. On a night out. <laughs> but that's not paid, so that's that's voluntary. Uh, so obviously the weather, again, you know, we feel like we've all been talking about the weather for the last 10 years. Um, it affected a lot of fixtures this weekend. Well, not just the weather, the coronavirus. So the yep. Irish, uh, the Italian teams weren't allowed to play this. So the Ospreys didn't play. Uh, Benetton didn't play again for two weeks in a row. Uh, but the weather, I did the Dragon Saturday night uh, in Rodney Parade. Oh, my God. I watched that game and it, it looked was bad. Storm Rodney. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. The wind, right? Oh. I felt so sorry for How the players. How do they play in it? Well, they, they just dig in, don't they? They, they just crack on with it. They were, they it was cold, sleet. Wind, oh, dark, horrible. dingy, open. It was the worst. The pitch was full of How do you motivate wheels. yourself to play in that way? How do you motivate to co- make yourself to commentate? You I'm know? sure they pay checks more to them a little yeah, bit, well, though. Yeah, they were, yeah, <laughs> but they got the win, the Dragons. But the weather has affected it. Um, I just worried that there'd be more Six Nations games called off, whether mm. France will be allowed to travel to Scotland, the England-Italy game at the end and the finale. It's a real shame because, you know, World Health Organization governments are saying, you know, you can't have gatherings more than five thousand people, um, and it might affect f- France's chance of a Grand Slam. Well, just Uh-oh. put it on Sky Sports, and more five thousand oh, people will be it. Don't start that. Don't start that. I'm going to ask Sophie this though, because you just said don't start this, so people will know what I've started. So apparently, um, obviously, Six Nations have always been on terrestrial TV. Then they split it between BBC and ITV. Mm. Now it's come out, apparently, that Sky have put a paywall up of 300 million and BBC and ITV are not allowed to pool their resources to win the rights back. Would you watch the Six Nations on Sky or would you prefer it to be on BBC as always? Personally, BBC, I just think I'm not even... I don't want to... Dis any channels. See, I told you, but you can't. You can't. No, like it's it is what it is. But um, that is a shame because, like, my grandparents sadly passed away last year. Um, and they were massive rugby fans, and they don't have Sky Sports. Yeah. They never would buy Sky Sports. They love the Six Nations. They love the World Cup. They love like things like the you know watch a bit of the Olympics, things that are on telly for the public who just that's the sport they like. You know. Yeah, it's a real shame if it goes to Sky Sports because I think people won't buy, won't buy the package because yeah. it's so expensive. A lot of people won't be able to afford it either. No, that's right. I saw, that, is, that is a shame. And, you know, a lot of the, the club games, like, you know, you can't watch them. And I don't know, I don't think my parents got Sky Sports and or BT or whatever. And I understand that the to make money and it is it is a really difficult, like a cash 22 really. I it? feel like it is a person's right to watch their national team in any sport mm, that's a good point to watch and support them for free because obviously these a lot of these tournaments whether it's olympics uh, you know athletics anything that people mm. can't make it to or can't afford to go to then it should be available for them to watch yeah on the TV. i argue what do we pay our tv license for i'd exactly. rather not watch the news i'll be honest because yeah. it's just depressing yeah i'd rather a bit of rugby yeah well it happened to cricket, and I gotta say, I'm a massive cricket fan, as you know, Kyle. And 
The Sky Sports cricket is fabulous, right? It is great coverage, but not everybody can watch it. When the World Cup final happened, mm. they put it on um, free to air. Millions of people around the world watched it because yeah. they could. Because it was free. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's a numbers game and a money game, And for me, like, I, I don't know exactly how these things work, but I'm assuming Sky, when they put the cricket on, there's so much advertising. There's so much, ban- you know, so many banners side of the, uh, what do they call it, pitch in cricket? Yeah, yeah. Ground, fine, yeah, pitch. The cricket ground, whatever. Um, you know, in between sets, whatever you call it, in cricket, they'd be adverts. And Sky's getting so much money for yeah. those advertisements. So, how much money they want, need? Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so basically, yeah. to round it up, we want the Six Nations to stay on the BBC. Oh, 100%. So I was, if anyone's I was, listening, please make that I happen. I get it when we I went to ITV because of the adverts. Right, I, I we're on to the it. next thing now, Soph. And I want to hear from you first. Go on. Next week is... Well, I was going to say the big one, but that's happened and we lost that. Mm. The big one, mm. Wales v England in Twickenham. Oh. How are we feeling? Oh, I don't know. Not good. <laughs> Confident? No. But I'm usually really, co- I'm always positive, but I've been trying to watch as much of the Six Nations as I can. I went to Dublin, didn't go to the actual game, but I went to Dublin for I the I see that on your social media. It looked like you had game. a very, oh, very good time. It was a fantastic <laughs> trip. And I, oh, here we well, go. This is my grandfather's grandfather clock that we Aww. inherited. We love it. It's a beautiful clock. It is, isn't it? Gorgeous. Um, yeah, so I went to Dublin. That was outstanding. I drank a lot of Guinness. Temple Bar? I went to Temple Bar. We couldn't move. So we went to a place called Buskers, and it was live music, a couple of different guys on guitars. Oh, it was fantastic. Really, like, authentic Irish yeah. songs. and Oh, it was awesome. But, um, I mean, I was really really positive thinking Wales were going to smash Ireland I'll be honest I was like oh we got this and I was like ooh right okay France are looking extremely dangerous I kind of saw that one come in um, I don't really want to watch England are getting Wales stronger they, as the weeks go I on. don't know I don't know I think it'll be close but it's in Twickenham so we only won know. there five times in the last That's 35 hard. years well, you've got to make it six at some point you do but if there's one place that a Welsh team will get riled so up and pull someone out of the bag it's Twickenham so will Jared, Jared Evans be started at 10 if Daniel's injured Jared yeah. might start and then who will yeah. be on the bench well, that's the million-dollar question, no so so Sam Davis would be the next oh, one off yeah. the ramp. There's saw been, him in Dubai the other day, actually. Yeah, there's been yeah. <laughs> speculation that Rhys Priestland under special circumstances could be drawn because he hasn't got 60 caps. He falls outside mm. that rule. Yeah, mm, We'll see. Well, we'll see. I always go into the game with a positive attitude. You know, someone's got to lose, and it'll be Wales or England, one of them. Sitting on the fence. Yeah, I'm really on the fence. Score prediction? Again, I think it'll be tight. I don't think it'll be much in there. It'll be if it's windy and it's raining, it'll be horrible, scrappy. Mm. I think it'll be closer than people think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but Fran- f- sorry, go on. Let's go on. I was just gonna say Fran- the France in Wales game. I just thought France were looking a bit disjointed, but like super dangerous. Like I, I, just, back, I was like, ooh, they're taking risks, and yeah. who's that winger? I was like, oh yeah. my god, he is flying. Yeah. But I'm not. As up to date on players, squads as I used to be. I'm. They basically brought through busy, a lot of their under twenties, haven't they? Have they? Who won the last two well, under twenties World Cups. There we go. So that's going to be that's count for something. A lot of people saying Sean Ed, Edwards factor. Yes, if I think if they had a lot of old older players there, I think it would have been. Nah, we won't mm. take this. I new. think it's the halfbacks, right? They got um, Dupont at nine mm. and Antimac at ten. They're young. They played together to lose. They've come through that system. Yep. And then they got a, a, a boy called Aldry, Gregory Aldry at number eight. Aldry? 
he's played the tournament so far. Yeah. So uh, I think that nine ten connection. I, like I love watching Jared and Thomas together. Yeah. Obviously from the Blues, and mm. I've watched them from the, the academy. And Ellis always used to go watch out for these two. He rates Jared so yeah. highly. And I just think as a, as a pay, I love watching those two play yeah. together. As much as I love Biggs, if he's injured, I'd love to see Jared start. Oh, just to, he's such a good Just to flat. see how he'll go yeah, yeah, on the yeah. biggest yeah. stage, it'd be awesome. Yeah. What do we think of, and I mention him every week, Lewis Reese Zamet going in? Well, he has to. Straight in? Well, Josh Adams, Josh Adams is injured. Yeah. Uh, Liam Williams hasn't played last weekend. So that's a massive risk to play Liam. So let's say George is fit. And Lee Halfpenny's fit. He's the only one left in the squad to play in the wing. So he has to play. Simple. Would they not put George 11, Liam Williams 14, and keep Halfpenny full back? Well, Liam hasn't played. He hasn't played since the World Cup. Reece oh. Ahmed scoring tries for fun in the Premiership against these English players. That's my Get argument. Him in. Yeah. Yeah, why not? I've been saying that so what, we've since got he was born. Nothing to lose now. <laughs> nothing to lose. Nothing, you're right. You know, so. we've got nothing to lose Six now. Six minutes is exactly right. That's right. Give him a chance. As you know, you're, you're not going to make history unless you no. give him a chance. Come well, on. that's the rugby for Tuesday Club yeah. this week. You oh, wait, wait, wait. I haven't had your predictions. I've say, I'm going to say Wales by six. Sean? I'm never going to go against Wales, apart from this week. <laughs> 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 no, I think we could. Why not? I yeah. think we just go out with nothing to lose and win it in the last five minutes. With uh, an amazing try from Lewis Reesan. <laughs> Converted yeah. try? So we won't need to. So Sean by five, Kyle by six. I'll go by three. It'll be a penalty. Wales by end. three. Yeah. Jared Evans there to yeah, see the deal. Go lovely. on, Ja. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at TuesdayClub underscore or on Instagram. At Tuesday Club Podcast. Well, well done, Kyle. Well I remember it. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. On iTunes and Spotify. Right then, it's the time of the podcast where we ask our special guest for her favourites that she couldn't live without. So, mm. we will start off with your favourite first three TV shows or movies that you could never live without. Friends. Good show. I am obsessed. I could watch it every day. They're just doing a reunion, apparently. Well, I don't know if it's a reunion or just a chat. It's a one-off episode, I think. Is it? On May the 20th, 2020. If happens... I'm the kind of person that I, I'm like, leave it where it is. I've got the best memory. I just, like, they're all looking old and, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to know what they're up to now. My imagination. Thanks, Sophie. No, sure. In my age. <laughs> Sorry. No, you look, yeah, you look better than them. They Are won't they mess with their face too much. I guess image is you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <Top> <laughs> I know it's like seven films, but Harry Potter, any one of them. That's right. Tr- Harry Potter, as in like, just watching a marathon and it'll have to be something Disney like The Jungle Book or Lion King. Lovely. Jungle Just Book like or? childhood memories. Which one? Oh, the you original. can only have three. The cartoon. Oh, I'll go Lion King. Lion, Lion King. King. See, it's a yeah. classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Right. Because you have graced stage so much and you yeah. are a wonderful music theatre performer, <laughs> I want to know your f- top three musicals as well. Wicked, genuinely, is my f- top ever. Hamilton. If any of you have seen Hamilton. Is that recently in the West yeah. End? Yeah, but it's been there two years. But okay. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote the music for Moana, if you've seen that, is it? Yeah. Uh, in the Heights, which is another musical. But it is like nothing I've ever seen. It's a spec. It's like you can't stop watching. Really? The dancers. Ugh, and I'm not really like into dancing, but it was just like art on stage. I'm going to have to go and see Stunning. that. Now. What's it about? It's about... Um, Alexander Hamilton, who was one of the like founding fathers of America. So the story for British people, you know, we're not really bothered about, but personally I'm not bothered about American 
history, history, especially political. But you know, it tells you about George Washington and when they fought against uh, against Britain, and but it, that's that's the base of the story. You don't don't need to know any historical knowledge to go and watch it. It's the music and like Alexander Hamilton as a person and his. I don't want to give too much away. His personal life and okay. what went on and what went down and yeah, it's really Intrigued. really good. Go up. You're up in London enough, so you yeah. may as well go and yeah, catch it. I'd love to go and see that. Third? Yeah. Third. Third. I'm going to go with Matilda. Oh, really? Yeah. I love it. I love kids. <laughs> I really love kids, and they are fantastic. They steal the show, and I just sit there going, these kids are about seven or eight, being a lead, like the Matilda is a leading lady, and she's eight years old. And she's phenomenal. The ones I've seen were fan- fantastic. My uh, the fourth one would be Lemis. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surprised there's no classics. Yeah, Lemis. It was between Lemis and Matilda, but um, you'd be good in Lemis. Yeah, that's another one on the bucket list. Who would you play Eponine? For, I'm a bit tall for Eponine. But Fon- you're too young for Fantine. I'm not. I don't know. I'm 27 mm. now. I can. Yeah, I suppose. I can, and I look. People think I'm 30 old. I've be, people have thought I was 30 since I was 18. So I'm just. Yeah, I'll play 30-year-old. So you've stayed the course for the last eight years. I know, it? I know. I've just stayed the same. <laughs> I know. Ton of pandy girls. Yeah, it's just age. <laughs> when I'm 18, stay the same. Who would play Sophie Evans? In a film? Emma Stone. Uh, that's oh, a good shout. Good yeah. shout. Or Margot Robbie. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've been told by... Um, I don't know if you know Eric Prids, the DJ, who did yeah, Call piano. On Me. But I uh, bumped into him in Ibiza, God, six, seven years ago. He was playing at Cafe Mambo's. And um, I walked around the back and just managed to see him come out. He was off to do, like, privilege in the in the nighttime. And he went, oh, my God, you look like Emma Stone. And I went, well, thank you, Eric Priz. I'll take that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I'll have Emma Stone to do it. And I'll flip it quickly. What position would you play in rugby? Oh, God, I'm weak as they come. But I'll, I'll go, like, wing so I can just run away from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no one touched me. Yeah. I'm I'm not particularly fast, but I, I'd give it a good go on the wing. Or scrum off in the mix. Nice one. Yeah, very lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but never ask me to play rugby, for God's sake, because, no, I'm not very physical. Well, listen, so, thanks so much for coming on the Tuesday Club. Oh, You've thank been you an amazing me. guest. We've learned so much more about you. Good. Good luck with all your shows, thank your you. albums, and any auditions you've got coming up, because... Yeah. You might have a few big... She doesn't audition do. anymore. She gets offers. Oh, Sorry, I don't know. Offers. She it's gets offers. That is the misconception. You don't. You still have to work as hard as you did before, yeah. which was a shock to me. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I've done Wicked. Now everything's going to be really easy. Mm-hmm. But no, you still have to go through the run, the mill and do what everyone else does. So yeah, I have a couple of auditions coming up. I'll keep you both posted. Brilliant. And wish Ellis all the very best. Thank you. And good luck with the new house. Thanks. And I'm gutted he's not here as well. Oh, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to ask him to come on for you one day. Kyle? Yeah. See you next week. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. <laughs> the Tuesday Club is available to listen to on Spotify and iTunes.